You are listening to the Staffing Tech Podcast Series. In this series, staffing executives offer valuable insights for leaders across the industry to learn from. The ultimate goal of the podcast is to elevate the discussion of staffing technology, provide actionable insights to decision makers, help listeners learn from the experience, successes, and sometimes failures of leaders who have innovated and are moving the space forward and enhance the future state of the staffing industry. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. In this episode of the Staffing Tech Talk podcast series, we discuss with Andy Hilger the extent to which technology can be a differentiator for staffing companies and what parts of the staffing world are likely to remain the same for a long time into the future. Andy shares some of the ways Allegis has leveraged technologies to create custom-built solutions. The very pace of change um, has caused a number of people's skills to become quickly obsolete. And so in a business where you look for talent to both grow internally, but also to place with your clients, and now this shift in technology, leaving some worker skills obsoleted, and hence the skills gap, creating a major drag on growth and productivity, sometimes called the talent shortage. How do you think Allegis is working towards addressing this dynamic? Yeah, the, the talent shortage, I think, wow, it's it's certainly getting a lot of press right now. Um, anyone who's been to a restaurant sees 15 open tables and is told there's a 30-minute wait <laughs> as a as a understanding of the fact that we cannot find enough people to do jobs. It's 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 been a 20-year growing problem. I think McKinsey came out with their War for Talent article probably right around 2000, maybe 1999 in, in their book. But it has hit full force right now. And obviously the pandemic has exacerbated that. But anyone who thinks that we're going to return to a level of normalcy in the, sh- in the short term as we, we reintroduce a lot of people into the workforce who were perhaps constrained with childcare issues or or had different incentives, uh, I think probably isn't looking at the macro trend, which is we are going to be short workers for probably the next couple decades. It's retiring baby boomers. It's people who are not entering the workforce. It's lower labor, labor force participation rate. It's part-time workers. It's you know, opioids. There's, there's a myriad of, of reasons and causes. And it goes back to some of what I said earlier about our technology at times has become myopically focused on matching somebody with the precise skills that are articulated in a job description. And right now, we need to be not just great at finding talent, we need to be great at building talent and developing talent. And that is not just for STEM fields, that's for construction, that's for skilled trades, that's for customer service. There is a massive opportunity. And, and so you know, we are very, very focused on it. And we're, we're focused on it, but also taking a pretty multi-pronged approach. We have a business like Aerotech who's partnered with a Skills USA and is focused on helping provide scholarships for perhaps underserved populations to say, how do we develop more skills in the skilled trades area? Our tech systems team has done amazing work with Perscolis. They have a number of partners, but Perscolis might be the best example where we've really gone into 
cities and said, how do we identify rising stars and give them access to a set of IT skills that'll be highly, highly marketable? We're doing things across the globe. We've got a partnership with Enable India that's about taking people with disabilities and and giving them access to opportunity. And then I I couldn't be more excited about what we're doing with Career Circle. And we we can get into that more, but that's really a platform business and an ecosystem that we've developed that is singularly focused on closing that skills gap and understanding how do we build skills into the community that will allow people to change their life and, and get off maybe a treadmill and onto an escalator as they start to develop their, their, their skills in that way. And it's, it's a couple years in, we have over 30,000 members and we're seeing lives change every day in terms of not just getting new skills, but also in, in finding employment on the back end of that, that provides dignity, provides a paycheck that can cover the rent, but also, as I said, can provide somebody with an upwardly mobile trajectory that is so, so critical right now. And it's going to fill a much needed gap for you know, years and decades to come. So if I understand Career Circle correctly, you're making investment in people's development, and then you're showing them job opportunities at your clients through your staffing businesses? Yes, yes, and we're doing that. But I, I mentioned ecosystem, and that's become a bit of a buzzword. But maybe the, the best way to describe Career Circle would be through an example and, and make it really real. We've done a lot of great work with the Mom Project, who is focused on helping women return to the workforce. And with the Mom Project, they have hundreds of thousands of active, engaged community members who are interested in understanding how do they re-enter the workforce after perhaps taking some time to be at home with, with a new one. And they particularly have focused recently on ensuring that historically underrepresented and underserved populations are getting access to opportunity. So with the Mom Project, we have developed a platform that, that supports what's called their RISE program, which is finding predominantly women of color. And then we've partnered with big tech companies, digital players like Google and Salesforce and Microsoft to offer them scholarships that will allow them to get some, some skills and some certifications on the back end. We provide a very rich experience with a lot of support. We have people who are, I'd say, giving them access to the resources to ensure that they're thriving in the in the classes and in the curriculum. And they're also at times cheerleaders who are telling them, hey, you can do this. And then on the back end, to your point, we are both looking through our existing relationships with our, our staffing and services companies to say, hey, who needs people with Google IT certifications or Salesforce admin certifications? And can we place them there? Or can we find some, some direct customers where the, these women in this case would be superstars? And, and what's a little bit crazy, Brian, is that you would think, wow, you know, that should be really easy in this environment. We've got a screaming need for people. We've got an unbelievably resilient and talented group that is 
wanting to re-enter the workforce, but to the comments earlier, at times, because they don't have three years experience or because they don't have, they have a, a, a three-year gap in their resume, they're not making it to the interview. They're not getting through the filters and the systems. So I would say a big part of what Career Circle's doing is figuring out how do we advocate for that talent? How do we help them build a resume? How do we give them some interview skills and prep? And then how do we really evangelize to the market that we all need to rethink what qualified means because these women are ready to light the world on fire if given the opportunity. So that's that's maybe the, the example tour of Career Circle. That's great work. That's great work. That's very impressive and something that you should be proud of. Well, our customers are people and, and we live lives outside of the business environment. And, and so consumer applications of technology oftentimes find their way into the enterprise from you know what you're used to in your daily life when you're able to reserve a table with just a couple of clicks at a restaurant or or get a vehicle ordered up to the the the, the curb you're waiting on in no time certainly service level expectations around the use of technology the ease of its use is finding its way into the enterprise and and some of these platforms are are purporting to bring that kind of ease of use to to the business how do you see your business, your staffing delivery, maybe having to move in the direction of creating that, that kind of digital interface or ease of use, which the traditional high-touch staffing is not exactly wired to deliver? So how, how do you see that progressing? Yeah, it's, it's not maybe. It's we have to create that experience. And I keep, I keep harping on that word experience while while there are, and we talked about it earlier, while there are efficiencies to be had, it is really about creating a dynamic and simple experience that provides the right value in the right way at the right time. So it, it doesn't mean that we're looking to automate everything by any stretch, but gosh, to your point, there is a consumerization happening and we are on a, on a, fast path to figure out when and how to employ that in in our business and how do we create some self-service options for talent that allow them to look at their own future and and yeah there's there's a a point in our future where where I could certainly see some of what I described in career circle bringing to bear on on applicants and saying hey you know our AI suggests this might be a great skill that you could add to your repertoire to help you be more marketable and how do we become just an amazing destination for all talent. And to your point, we, we've done that through really great people who are connecting and building relationships. And we don't want that to go away, but we've got to enhance it. and We've got to meet people where they are. Hey, Brian, when you look at the traditional process for and, and model for recruiting and staffing, you know, are there particular aspects that you would say, hey, this is where, if it were up to me, we or companies would be really focused on addressing because there is a screaming need and the technology's ready? Well, one of the areas of inefficiency that's, that's glaring to me is you pay, many people pay a lot of money to acquire the talent from a job board or through a search process. And staffing companies' biggest expense is you know, the recruiting process, identifying the talent and, and getting it ready to be deployed. If we could find a way to most efficiently keep tabs on that talent so that it could be redeployed, so that the backgrounds and the resumes of those of those individuals could be refreshed, maybe on an automated basis, 
so that you're not having to go in and, and uh, manually go back and, and double check with people because recruiters just don't do that and there's no time in the day. But having the ability to cultivate talent pools that you're able to stay in touch with for a longer period of time, stay with them as their careers develop, as their skill sets grow, know where they can be placed next as a result of seeing their career trajectory, knowing what they want to work on, knowing what kind of gigs they like. I think that's an amazingly valuable application that that goes to one of the most inefficient aspects of of the the recruiting and, and staffing delivery model right now. If I could just tell another area that that is a huge time drain on on the way that recruiting happens today in the traditional delivery outside of VMS because VMS has done a great job at streamlining some of this, but when hiring managers are involved and and you're looking for feedback, the loop is just is just so difficult to to close with certainty in a timely way. And today, candidates have choices. They're not going to sit around for review cycles that that labor on and on. And to the extent that technology can be better applied at, at scheduling and gathering feedback and sharing it more quickly, I think it'll, it'll increase the experience for the candidates. It'll, it'll make the hiring managers feel like they're getting to what they need quicker. And, and the overall efficiency gain should reflect not only just a better experience, but hopefully a more cost-effective delivery at the end of the day. Yeah, those are, those are great uh, examples and I think really sage advice. I, I, what I like about both of them, Brian, is that they are, while there are inefficiencies that they are addressing, they're really about delighting the, the candidate or the talent. I think the, the, to use your redeployment example, that's what that's ultimately what our talent wants is how, how can you keep me gainfully employed and how can you make sure I'm developing new skills and, and taking on interesting assignments? So yeah, while it's providing some efficiency gains for us, and, and we've, we've got some interesting things we're doing within Hiring Solve to address that redeployment need. I think we can go further with some of what you just described there, but in the end, that, that's, that's a win all around, right? That's a win for the client. That's a win for the talent. And that's a win for, for the recruiter, recruiting partner. Thank you for listening to this, the third episode of the Staffing Tech Talk series. Stay tuned to the next episode, how the Allegis Group is adapting to potential disruptors to the staffing industry.